Welcome to the online ministry of Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, located in beautiful San Diego, California. Pacific Beach UMC is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and welcomes persons of all ages and backgrounds for worship, study, and service opportunities. More information can be found on our website at pbumc.org. May you be enriched by the hearing of these words, and may you receive and enjoy God's blessing. Our scripture today is Luke thirteen ten through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, You are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things being done by him. Amen. I am with Martin about that anthem. Um, That anthem and hearing you all sing it, pray it, really, I should say, uh, makes me believe in God. So thank you. Amen. Amen. I know. Luke's gospel brings us quite a few meaningful stories about women, many of which we hear only in this gospel, including the one that is before us today. And this account is one of my favorites. On the one hand, this scene, this setting, would have felt comfortable and familiar to many of us. We who are accustomed to gathering for worship can probably easily imagine it. The people gathered on the Sabbath in the synagogue, a space that was well known to them, beloved, a space that for many of them must have felt like home. As usual, they gathered with others, most of whom were probably familiar faces, if not folks known by name. They heard the words of scripture, that many of them knew by heart. As was the tradition, they listened to a teacher who sought to lead them deeper into those holy words. But on the other hand, there was, there was much about that day that would have felt unfamiliar to most of us as well. It's unclear if at that time women and men would have been separated in worship But there were strict guidelines about the interactions between men and women. 
So it's unlikely that women would have been involved in any significant way in the service that day. So no women greeters, no women ushers, no women worship leaders, no women in the choir, certainly no women preaching. And while that might seem odd to us, it was very much the norm for that time and place and culture. So for all intents and purposes, it started out as an altogether ordinary day of rest and worship, except there was one extraordinary thing, and that was that it was no ordinary teacher who held the attention of the gathered community that day. Rather, it was Jesus, and that made all the difference in the world. Jesus started out doing what was customary for a teacher in a synagogue to do. He expounded on the scriptures. But during his teaching, he spotted a woman who was hunched over, her body folded over in upon itself. In Christian tradition, she's known simply as the bent-over woman, And what we know about her is that she was unable to right herself. She was unable to stand up straight. We also know, based on common beliefs of that day, that many would have turned away from her, kept their distance, shunned her even, assuming her condition was a sign of her own transgression, a reflection of her own sin. Well, Jesus did something that would have been shocking. It's hard for us to imagine how shocking. And he called her over to come to the center of the assembly. And he said, woman, you are set free from your ailment. And he put his hands on her and she immediately stood up straight and began praising God. But even while she was praising God, one of the leaders of the synagogue began to protest. And rather than directing his comment to Jesus, he said to the crowd, there are six other days for you to come and be healed, but don't come for healing on the Sabbath. But Jesus argued for compassion, pointing out that anyone would untie a donkey and lead it to water on the Sabbath. How much more so should the bent over woman who had been in bondage for 18 years, 18 long years, be set free? And with those words, he silenced his critics while the rest of the crowd rejoiced, we're told, in all that Jesus was doing. So what started out as an ordinary day at the synagogue became an extraordinary day that was charged with all kinds of emotion. And when I think about Jesus, I think about him as one whose presence, whose being, created a crisis. He tended to stir things up, didn't he? He never left well enough alone, not when there was something critical and holy at stake. Many years ago, it became a popular belief that the Chinese word for crisis was made up of two characters, the first being the symbol for danger and the second being the symbol for opportunity. That has since been debunked, 
But perhaps the reason why it was so broadly embraced, it really caught on, is the fact that we do often experience those two things, danger and opportunity in the midst of some crises. Certainly, both of those elements were present in the types of holy crises stirred up by Jesus. In this context, there was a clear element of danger. There was the backlash of the people who thought that Jesus was totally out of line. But there was also that element of opportunity, opportunity for this woman to experience restoration. In fact, not only was she restored in body, but she was restored in terms of her relationship within the community. Jesus restored her place, her sense of dignity, when in verse 16 he called her a daughter of Abraham, reminding people, reminding her of her value and worth as a child of God, as one of the community. Jesus created a crisis when he engaged this woman decisively, when he, in the context of worship, where there were strict rules for women and men, when he saw her, called her, addressed her, touched her, shocking, and restored her. Now, as readers and hearers in our own day and age, we likely experience a variety of different reactions upon hearing this account. Many of us might long to, wit- to witness or experience ourselves such a miraculous and instantaneous healing. Many of us long desperately for this kind of healing for someone we know and love. And we long for that because we know, as human beings, how bound we can feel and be, how much that is a part of our life experience and the life experience of those we know and love. And there's no one, there's no one who escapes feeling bound on some level or another. We are bound by things that others impose upon us, and we are bound by things that we impose upon ourselves. We can be bound by labels and perceptions and prejudices. We can be bound by fear. We can be bound by expectations, either other people's or our own. Perfectionism or pride or insecurity can bind us. We can be bound by poverty, by abuse, by certain habits, by our own addictions. We can be bound by physical and mental illness. We can be bound by old and painful memories. Like the leaders of the synagogue, we can be bound by religious tradition itself, living life so rigidly that we fail to hear God's song of grace for ourselves and others. I think most struggles in life involve our sense of being bound by something or someone that is not life-giving. And as human beings, those are the things that make us ache in body, 
and soul. Those are the things that weigh heavy upon our shoulders, upon our hearts and spirits. And those are the things that make us long for something different, something better, something more. There's an old story about a man who went through the forest looking for birds. He caught a young eagle, brought it home, and put it among the fowls and ducks and turkeys and gave it chicken food to eat. And even though it was an eagle, the king, the king of all birds. Five years later, a naturalist came to see him and after passing through his yard said, that bird is an eagle, not a chicken. Yes, said the owner, but I have trained it to be a chicken. It's no longer an eagle. It's a chicken, even though it measures 15 feet from tip to tip of its wings. No, said the naturalist, it's still an eagle. It has the heart of an eagle, and I will help it soar high up into the heavens. No, said the owner, it's a chicken, and it will never fly. They agreed to test it. The naturalist picked up the eagle, held it up, and said with great intensity, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Thou dost belong to the sky and not to this earth. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. The eagle turned this way and that, and then looking down, saw the chickens eating their food and jumped down. The owner said, I told you it was a chicken. No, the naturalist said, it's an eagle. Give it another chance tomorrow. So the next day he took it to the top of the house and said, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. But again, the eagle, seeing the chickens feeding, jumped down and fed with them. Then the owner said, I told you it was a chicken. No, asserted the naturalist. It's an eagle, and it has the heart of an eagle. Only give it one more chance, and it will fly. The next morning, he rose early and took the eagle outside the city and away from the houses to the foot of a high mountain. The sun was just rising, gilding the top of the mountain with gold, and every crag was glistening in the joy of the beautiful morning. He picked up the eagle and said to it, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Thou dost belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch forth thy wings and fly. The eagle looked around and trembled as if new life were coming into it. But it did not fly. The naturalist then made it look straight at the sun. Suddenly it stretched out its wings and with the screech of an eagle, it mounted higher and higher and never returned, though it had been kept and tamed as a chicken. It was an eagle. There are times when the presence of Jesus, who seeks to set us free, stirs up a sense of crisis in our lives. And those are times that may feel scary or even dangerous to us, so much so that we might want to, no offense to the chickens, just jump down and scratch around with the chickens. But those are also times of great opportunity 
great opportunity to be released, to be restored to who we really are and fly as God intends. And perhaps one of the biggest challenges for us as human beings is to look at the sun and truly believe that we can be set free from whatever it is that binds us or diminishes us. As we grow in faith throughout our lives, we are living into the belief that we can be set free, that Jesus engages us decisively, that he sees us, calls us, addresses us, touches us, and seeks to restore us as beloved children of God. And sometimes I'm tempted to ask, how? I want to believe that Jesus can set me free, radically free, like the bent over woman. But I also want to know exactly how. I want to have it figured out. I want to understand God's plan and process, and I want to know God's timeline. Because sometimes it seems like God's timeline is very different from my own. But as I sat with this passage this week, I was reminded of the fact that all of this happened for this bound and bent over woman on the Sabbath, the day that was intended for people of faith to rest entirely in God in order to be made whole. And while we as Christians now observe that day of worship and rest on Sunday, the day of resurrection, rather than on Saturday, the concept of Sabbath is no less vital in our lives. It is the day when we are to rest in God, and not just in part, but entirely. When we are to rest our bodies minds, spirits, our accomplishments, our woundedness, the places in our lives where we feel bound. And in that Sabbath rest, we can entrust all those things to God, knowing that we don't have to have it all figured out because the divine takes initiative for our healing. It's Jesus who is the healer, not us. So we do our part. We rest ourselves and one another in Jesus' care, sometimes again and again and again. And when, like the bent-over woman, we do experience healing and restoration in our lives, it is our role to stand up and praise God and when, like the crowd that day, we witness healing and restoration in another's life, it is our role to rejoice with that person and to praise God. Thanks be to God who loves you, me, us, all of us, more than any of the rules. Thanks be to God who is setting us free. Amen. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, 
We are grateful for this Sabbath day and for reminders to rest in your love, your power, your goodness, your grace. As we come to meet you, you meet us where we are and how we are, welcoming us in, welcoming us home with open arms. We give you thanks for so many signs of abundance in our lives, for family and friends, for laughter and kindness, for the beauty we see around us in your creation and in the faces of your beloveds, each one created in your image. We bring our hopes and hurts, our prayers for others and for ourselves. We are aware of places in our bodies, places in our lives, where we long for healing and wholeness. We are aware of the needs of loved ones, ones so precious to us. We rest ourselves, our lives, our stories, and each other in your care on this day and ask that you would tend to the hurting and broken and bent over places to bring healing, hope, life. Tend to the hurting and broken and bent over places of our world where violence abounds, where war wages, where oppression suffocates, where hostility appears to reign. Touch us, restore us, free us from that which wounds and diminishes another or any aspect of your precious and beautiful creation. Day by day, unleash in us the capacity to know, to trust, to receive more and more fully the liberation you offer in body and in spirit. Empower us as the body of Christ, as agents of your love and grace in the world, to seek and bring liberation to other people and places that feel bound, diminished, bent over by anything and everything that impedes or diminishes life. We pray these things in Jesus' name, the one who brings life eternal and abundant, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.